0: Welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia. I am a digital content creator, so I do have an OnlyFans. I also make custom content, all that fun kind of stuff. I'm also a stripper based here in Vancouver, Canada. And I was also a former sugar baby once upon a time, many, 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 many years ago. And that's just a little bit about me. (laughs) I apologize for the morning voice. It is 7.30 a.m. at the time of recording. (laughs) Because as you'll soon find out, our guest that we have on today is actually calling in all the way from the UK. So there's a bit of a time difference there. It's, I believe, the afternoon, 3.30 p.m. over there. So, of course, I had to accommodate. So... I just want to say uh, thank you to saya a um, a fellow listener here who was the inspiration for the show and who had requested some of these topics uh, today's episode is going to be going into um, you know how to be anonymous um, is it possible to be anonymous in terms of payment methods cash apps etc and how to protect yourself that way and we're that's kind of like the inspiration for, I guess, the beginning of the episode. And then we're going to go deeper into cryptocurrency, uh, just because that's really, really ramping up in the past um, few years or so. And I hadn't really discussed much of this in other previous episodes. I did speak about different payment options in episode 68 with Adri Rose. So if you wanted to hear that and then listen to this, this will be kind of like a part two of that we'll do a little bit of recap there but that is just a little bit about the episode um, and what to expect but i have kept our guest waiting here he has been so patient while i spiel on (laughs) the last two minutes so without further ado i'd like to introduce paul jones aka the bad butler on to the show today paul are you there i am yes hello welcome to the show Thank you for having me. So excited to have you. Again, like, thank you so much for your time today and, like, just accommodating. I'm like, does this time work or does this really, really late time work for you? So I'm <laughs> I'm glad we were able to find some middle ground here. <laughs> so thank you. Um, basically, I want to know, um who you are what it is that you do in your own words and on your own terms because i only know a little bit about you through our really brief interactions on twitter and i know that you are also a fellow sex worker based in the uk and i know you make your own content and that's all i really know about you and we'll also get into some of the other things and services you offer later on the show but i want to give you the opportunity to speak about yourself, your, your line of work, um, and your specialties. So feel free to go ahead. Ah, right.
1: Um, (laughs) history. I was uh, a young man enjoying swinging, meeting couples who wanted an extra bloke. Yes. One day somebody asked if they could video. I said, yeah, sure. And oh, this, I like this. I need to do more of, (laughs) uh, now that was when it was illegal in my country.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, so there I was, the bloke trying to get into um, Managed to touch base with some producers. Mm-hmm. Got the response you would still get today. Okay. And was asked to, well, find somebody new and we'll give you a shot. Oh. And they gave me a shot and then they told me that was actually the brush off. Nobody finds somebody new, but hey-ho. <laughs> <laughs> That was me into the industry as a performer. Wow. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. Now, it's always been a part time gig for me mm-hmm. because I have never been six foot tall and I have never knowingly owned a six pack. <laughs> shit, I never had a six pack. <laughs> um, and so, you so say, started off as a performer. Then got into production after, after it all became legitimate, mm-hmm. um, made some series for one of the adult channels over here. Then the troops came along and ate up everybody's income. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and, um, I put together a site called Adult Industry Resources. Right. Which is why my Twitter handle is Paul Jones Air. Yes. Um, which I launched in 2006 and ran till 2018. It was effectively a networking site for the UK adult industry. Oh, cool. And it did its job, but then a combination of the AVS plans, GDPR, and social media basically meant I either needed to redo it with completely new technology Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or take it down. So Mm. I redid it, but people, it didn't get the traction. So mm-hmm. I thought, fine. You know, everyone's on Twitter and social media and relying on it, even though that's bloody dangerous in this game. Yes, it is. Not necessarily physically, but you know, you don't own those people. The mm-hmm. company does, mm-hmm. and you can get booted. Yes, absolutely. Uh, however, the the ability to design websites has come on with leaps and bounds because I was always quite good at the back office, but I was Ooh. never a a pretty, pretty designer. Okay, But now, things have moved on, and I've put together a package for doing websites for people in the industry. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to care about Sester Foster.
0: Yeah, you don't have to over there, which is awesome. I mean, I'm here in Canada, but we have some similar draconian-type laws as well, so, which is really, really frustrating to work around. So, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. If if I do your website, you're responsible for what goes on it, right? And to comply, obviously, with your local laws. Mm-hmm. But you know, if the government, if the American government writes to me and say, "Oh, we're terribly upset about this," it's like, yeah, you and whose army? Okay, <laughs> but I don't think it could be yours. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't have to care. I have got a European hosting some company which is fine with escorting mm-hmm. because it's legal here, it's legal there. Right. So you know. That side of things we don't need to worry about, which is awesome. So that's good. Yeah, for uh, sure. A newsletter is standard because everybody's running around saying, "Why can't we use any newsletter services?" They don't like adult, right? They don't. So mine all come with a newsletter. Good. Stop oh, using the proper. Always getting this wrong around. SMTP. Mm-hmm. Right. So your well, domain is verified so that Google doesn't think this is an adult spam, Right. but recognizes that it's come from the genuine source.
0: Right. Did you have a background in technology or anything like that? Or, or how did you get started with like, building websites?
1: Well, the original start was back in the day, if you wanted to play a computer game, you had to write it. Right. (laughs) And i was enamored with the tech side. Friends of mine went off and made a fortune being IT wizards. Um, Wow. But I wasn't that bothered by it. But it meant that when I decided I needed to be able to use it as a tool, I I had the background to be able to learn what I needed to learn.
0: Wow. Was it hard for you to pick up?
1: Drupal, God, (laughs) yes. Drupal has a very, very powerful. It's yeah, I don't recommend it unless you really need it, but you do. I did for air because I needed to build a community website mm-hmm. where different people would have different levels of access and could all control their own material. Right. So you need, you, you need it. You basically needed Drupal for the time. Nothing else did it. There's mm-hmm. a couple of others now, but for the sites that I'm building for people, I use WordPress.
0: Yeah. WordPress is awesome. It's probably the what? most customizable platform you can use.
1: Yeah. It, it does the job. You know, there are sites you can't build on it. Mm-hmm. But if you just want the site for yourself in this industry, you're not trying to build one of those sites. Right. It's somewhere where you can make contact with customers and sell shit.
0: Mm-hmm. How long does it take for you to usually build um, a website from scratch for one of your clients?
1: What, you mean in the amazing case that a customer actually came along with everything organized at their end.
0: <laughs> and which never happens.
1: <laughs> it's not realistic at all. <laughs> if I sit down, if I'm sitting down with everything I need to right from the start, it's effectively a day's work.
0: Oh my gosh. So, wow.
1: So,
0: yeah. Um,
1: because I integrate it with the Amazon AWS because that's where you're going to put your content so that you, if you're going to sell it on signed, that way you get signed URLs.
0: Mm-hmm. which you want
1: for security. Right. So WordPress can do very simple one-page site. Oh, anyone can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, pretty much you can. Using a free template, which will look like a free template.
0: Yes. <laughs> so
1: once you you know, I've got templates which I've effectively licensed. I license a couple of other of the useful plugins.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So effectively... If you know what you're doing, I have priced so that you don't bother doing it.
0: Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> yep. Yeah.
1: That's, that's where we are with those. If you've got a bunch of images that you want to send over, I then put together a draft site, and then you decide, no, I want to swap these around. And that's exactly how it should be. People need to see something yeah. inside what they actually want to have.
0: Exactly. But
1: fact, there's a lot of chopping and changing going on in the first few weeks is built in. You know, Mm I I'm expecting that to happen. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. So in reality, two to three weeks after me putting up the first site, most people are then happy with what they've got or happy enough, but now they know what particular images they want to get. Hiding mm-hmm. things up. Yeah. You know, if if for example you're a full service sex worker and you've got a range of images in various different clothings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then you decide, you know, what I really like is a sort of consistent red tone flowing through the site. You know, like a high end brand. Yeah. We don't have colors. It's like we're going for one color, but we'll have different clothes different dresses different lingerie what's
0: mm-hmm.
1: your sights up you think that's what i want to do then you can get that over the course of your next few shoots yeah totally shoot for what you're trying to do but you don't need to start with that you know you could start with what you've got
0: yeah and then change it later
1: customers don't actually care anywhere near as much about your website as you do <laughs>
0: But having a good website is super key, especially like for any type of sex work, but especially for full service, like visuals are so,
1: so, so powerful. It, so. It, it needs to, it should look like a good quality site. Yes. But once it looks like a good quality site, your customer is looking at you and thinking she looks good. It's a nicely done site. I'm going to give her a call. Yeah. You might have your artistic reddish flavour throughout, <laughs> but your it's it's not necessary. That's for you. It's not necessarily going to bring you more business.
0: No. But you do want to have something that looks like really professional, because I've definitely seen <laughs> some really awful looking websites.
1: <laughs> they exist out there, All unfortunately. Right. What I'm saying is, don't be, don't let being too precious about your site design stop you getting a decent site to be going on with mm-hmm. get it up there have a bit of a think and over the next two or three months yes get the photos that you want to use instead yeah yeah but don't stop you having the site to start with
0: are you also then like maintaining their website too or are they able to like are your clients able to go ahead and change and make changes on their end you? clients have
1: full access to the whole C-Panel and the whole administration system. Oh, good. I tell them that there are certain things they should learn how to do, adding new products, controlling pricing. Yes. I will get the ball rolling on that, but if I'm going to start spending hours a month doing it for you, I'm going to have to look at some pricing issues.
0: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs>
1: you, really, that's something you want to control. Other things, things that, you know, that involve much less frequent changes, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go in and do that for you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not true. Gotcha. But you have full C panel control. If you decided at the end of the day you didn't like my site and you wanted to get a different web designer in, you can. hmm And if we're moving to a pure hosting basis, we'll probably have a little conversation. Yeah. Once you get to that point, <laughs> if they get to that point. You know. The, my, my view is that most of the people I build sites for will keep them running for a reasonable period of time. Mm-hmm. And you know, as things progress and new styles come into fashion, things will slowly evolve, but totally. I'm not going to tie you down.
0: Yo, no, no, no. Are, are most of your clients based in Europe and the UK?
1: Uh, yes at the moment because this is this is basically relatively new for me okay so my clients are people I know yeah and you know you can okay. you can see the little portfolio on uh, com.
0: yeah perfect well maybe we'll get some listeners from this side of the pond to become new clients of yours so
1: fingers <laughs> well, crossed work for you know some some americans and canadians you know mainly because of the whole sester foster thing
0: mm-hmm yeah, which is like a big hurdle to kind of try to cross because as you know, there's just so many limitations, so many restrictions, so many things that we can't do over here, which makes it incredibly hard to say advertise or just any basic marketing can be really, really tricky.
1: Well, I started when this was illegal.
0: Like going back to um, what was it called the adult industry resources website that you made um, a long time ago. Are you ever considering like bringing that back or is that going to be like permanently done?
1: <laughs> well, I've got another project, which is called natterish.com. Yes.
0: Tell us about that.
1: The Americans, have, yeah, Americans, Canadians don't have the word natter. No. What, is, what does that mean? <laughs> it's an English word for chat. Oh, okay, okay. So, you know, it's, it's basically almost the same as managing to get hold of the domain chatish.com. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So, everyone in England knows what Natterish would be. But I'm just some <laughs> people don't. Which <But>, uh, <laughs> is probably why it was available for me to buy. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, what is this project Natter-
1: about? Natarish.com is it's a work, it's currently in hiatus.
0: Okay.
1: Um, it's, it's me working at the limit of my technical expertise,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and in order to progress on it, I have got to sit down and really be able to focus on that, mm. and due to some things going on in my real life, I've basically parked it. Okay. But I, would, I would hope to pick it up in another two or three months, and I would strongly recommend anybody in this English industry should join, effectively. It's designed to be a sort of social network for people in our industry. Oh, cool. What I'm doing is design. You know how all the social networks want you to stay on their systems? Yes. Yes. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) My system is, the the way I've built it, basically, if you contact somebody, they end up getting an email. Mm -hmm. All the discussion is then within the email. Because I do not want to be having vast amounts of text data discussing everything that goes on in this industry.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. You know,
1: because hacking is a thing. Yes. Everybody is going to get hacked. It's It's just a matter of time. You've seen the organizations that get hacked. You have got to assume that everything is hackable. So what I'm doing with natural is saying, right, you put up your public information, although everyone has to be a member in order to read it, Mm -hmm. everything that you write, you have to be comfortable being public. Mm. Um, Fans can join, Mm -hmm. just don't create a profile, they just decide to follow people. Okay. But the idea is, it's, 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 it's a way to bring, it's, I view it mainly, it's a good idea to have as a backup, so down the line. People will do most of their social media on the Twitter, Mm-hmm. Make sure your followers join Natarish and follow you on Natarish because that's your backup. If you've got a website with a newsletter, get your followers to subscribe to your newsletter.
0: Of course, yep. But
1: you get booted at 20,000 followers.
0: Right, and that, <laughs> that happens so often, though, like people
1: getting deplatformed. Mm-hmm. And, um... A lot of the time, it's because Twitter changes the rules, and then boots people for not following the new rules that they hadn't noticed had happened. Right. When yep. Twitter starts, you could have fully nude, header pictures, and profiles. And that has changed. <laughs> so that changed quite a while ago. Yes. But even fairly recently, nude was okay as long as no genitals were visible. Mm. Now, lingerie can get you into trouble.
0: That's awful. Because before Twitter used to be, like, the platform. It was very free. You know, you had free agency to post whatever you want. But now I feel like other competing platforms like Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, like, really restrict um, what you can and cannot post. And there's just so much censorship.
1: Well, again, I mean, I'm very much, having run a platform... Albeit one with only a few thousand members. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust me, you very, very quickly develop a zero-length fuse for people who break your rules. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and Facebook, Facebook set up as a thirteen-plus platform. Thirteen plus. That, okay. 30 years old and upwards. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. You know, that was that was face that was Facebook's. This is who we're for. Mm-hmm. So no one should be terribly surprised that they don't like us. Mm-hmm. Um, Insta, I don't, I've, never, I've never been on Insta. I had a look on that. Insta just didn't. It, it wasn't for me. Yeah. No, it's not something I've looked at seriously. Yeah. But again, since they got, I don't know what they were like originally, but once they've been owned by Facebook, Facebook rules are going to apply. Exactly exactly have you you know people talk oh, I'm getting booted off insta for showing a nipple mm-hmm. no you're getting booted off insta because a google search will get a 14 year old from your insta profile to your porn work
0: mm-hmm. mm, interesting
1: stuff hosting your cookery expertise and your wonderful recipes, and your pictures of your glorious food, and let's say I'm on Instagram and I'm doing that under the name of Bill Johnson. Mm-hmm. Insta doesn't care that I'm an adult, because nobody can get from my Insta to my adult. Great. But if I'm Insta as Paul Jones Air and start talking about ah, crypto, something like that, eventually Insta will put together Paul Jones Air, Paul Jones Air on Twitter, and they'll boot me. Right. Because of the sexual solicitation rules, right? Yeah, Indirect sexual solicitation, basically, if you can use Google to get from your Insta to your porn, that is indirect sexual solicitation. Interesting. Interesting. So anybody who is managing to use Insta to grow their audience in this industry, it doesn't matter what they're actually doing, they're breaking Insta's rules.
0: Yeah, and that's a whole conversation as well in terms of uh, a lot of these platforms' terms and services, which also is kind of parallel to the terms and services that you'll find in pay apps. So like PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, any kind of money services like that also have similar terms and services which bar sex workers or any kind of sexual... um, solicitation from using their services where you can also get deplatformed and banned from so why don't we move the conversation over into into that in terms of like um answering uh, my listener's question Uh, her name is saya and she was really wondering about can you really be anonymous when it comes to payment methods and I know generally speaking, the answer is no. So I don't know if you want to quickly kind of recap that and then we can talk about the wild world of crypto. <laughs>
1: right, that. well, there are, there are two ways to be anonymous for all practical purposes mm-hmm. when you get paid. Mm-hmm. The one everyone talks about is crypto.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The one nobody talks about is a blank, uncrossed postal order. Oh. How does that work? See old school.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, this sounds like it's going (laughs) to take a long time.
1: (laughs) Um, Now, I believe these are available all over the world as part of standard postal services. Okay. Uh, But, and they are definitely available in the UK, because I went to my post office and checked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I mean, postal orders is what people who were kids in the 70s would get from granny because mm. the rule was you don't send cash in the post
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you can send the postal order ah. and it would have your name on it and you would go down to your local postal office where they would know you mm-hmm. and they would give you your money but you can send one without a name on it
0: Oh, okay, because I was going to be like, it's connected you to your name. How does this work? Okay, so you don't have to have your real name attached to it or a name. Send, sending a blank check.
1: So the customer oh. sends you the blank postal order, just the amount filled in. Mm-hmm. You then fill your name in and present it to the post office.
0: Oh, just as easy as that.
1: As uh, easy as That
0: and also anonymous as well.
1: There's limitations on how much you can do it for, okay. The customer who buys it has to pay fees depending on how much the postal order is for. Oh, so as a payment mechanism, they are way, way behind the times, (laughs) yes. But if you've got a PO box that you can get customers to send postal orders to, then that
0: works. It works. That's an interesting loophole. I've never heard of that before. No one talks about it, but I guess it's because it's so old school.
1: <laughs> I was sort of, when I wrote my article on payment, I was sort of trying to think of everything I could come across. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I'm just going to call it up now. Just yeah. to see if it else that grabs my attention in there.
0: <laughs> that's really interesting. I mean, do you know anyone personally that's using that kind of method for payment? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it is an option, though. Like you, you
1: bring up a good point. <laughs> it, does, it does need. It means that you've got to have an address that you can give to people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, these days in our industry, everyone, people are so used to not having an address for anybody. Yeah, totally. Uh, whereas I've I've had previous businesses where I had a PO box. Yes. Uh, and a PO box is. It's private. It depends a little bit on your threat model. Okay. If your Clients finding stuff out, mm-hmm. they can't pass the post box. Right. Um, however, if it's a police investigation, they just turn up and say, who does this belong to? And where do they live? Exactly. Right. So, you know, you've got a little bit sensible and you've got to know what the rules are, where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're talking about terms and conditions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If I am running a social media site in the USA, I wouldn't allow us on,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. because I'd be running the risk of getting caught up in both effectively pimping and potentially money laundering. It Mm -hmm. would be dangerous. That is dangerous, yeah. Twitter, I think, are trying to walk a very fine line. They've effectively made it very, very clear that if the government comes after them, they will... Defend and they've got the money to do so Mm. So the government isn't going to go after Twitter until they're fairly sure that the Supreme Court Won't rule in Twitter's favor Mm. on the the American freedom of speech right in the Constitution, right? Because the American government can make laws which are not constitutional Because the way people find out whether or not they are constitutional is that someone stands up and it ends up at the Supreme Court Mm-hmm. so the American government lawmaking process is quite in, in contentious areas there's <laughs> a lot of okay let's go this far but where are the lines going to be where, where might somebody end up in a court case that ends up knocking us right back to square one right. the American government does not want to lose a freedom of speech argument over social media because then they won't be able to control freedom of speech on social media at all
0: Yes, I do remember this. I covered this a little bit in one of my episodes, uh, gosh, under the Sasea Law, like Section 230. I can't remember who, I can't remember the name of my guest right now, but
1: yeah. The social medias don't want to get altered, Mm -hmm. and it's the one that the Republican Democrats really want to alter. Right,
0: right, right, (laughs) totally okay let's go back to pay apps yeah like just a quick recap because we have done an episode on this already but just to kind of um, answer the question like again can this be anonymous or what pay apps are deemed as safe for sex workers uh,
1: Western Union can be used for a cash pickup
0: mm-hmm yeah yep
1: yeah. uh, It doesn't have to be the person who picks it up doesn't have to be you but it does have to be named Right. So, Yes, but no, I think. Right, if you're in America, there's a company called bank.com. B A N Q. Okay. Dot com. Now, they've told me that they are effectively an online banking stroke cash app type thing. Okay. They are adult industry friendly. Okay. But that's just, I have done no more in that because I can't. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you're in America and you're listening to this, B A N Q dot com and see if they're all that they claim to be
0: perfect yeah we got a lot of american
1: listeners here on the show as well so <laughs> good um, to know Canada, i ended up talking to somebody and you've got a thing called interact e-transfer
0: yep e-transfers are are awesome but it also is directly linked to your bank account which obviously is also connected to your name
1: as well but if the if you just but, use an email question, mm-hmm. what what i wasn't clear because mm-hmm. no, i've got no idea how they're like cause no idea what info is shared with the sender so the set does the sender need to know your name
0: it's whatever name is connected to your bank account so basically you'll have an email that's associated with your bank account and sometimes i'm pretty sure you will get a notification about like your money was successfully deposited into blank in capital letters what your name is on your bank account. So got to be careful with that.
1: Okay. Yes. So that's not quite privacy. In, yeah. in the UK, we have personal banking and business banking. Uh, personal accounts have to be in your real name. Right. Business accounts can be what's called a trading as account. So I've got a bank account, mm-hmm. which... My name trading as air. Mm. So if somebody sends me a transfer, I can tell them to send it to air with my sort code and account number. Oh. And on their statement, it will only say air, air. You know, that it went to me, it won't say my name. Oh, cool! But there you we go, false name account. So, right, maybe, maybe in other parts of the world, check out whether there's a difference between a business bank account and a personal bank account. Um, mm-hmm. Always have multiple bank accounts. You have your real bank account, yes, one you never want to lose, and then you view all the other ones you set up for collecting money as burners. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good strategy. <laughs> I've also discovered that it's possible to pay off someone's credit card.
0: Oh, how do you do that? Like for a client, you mean paying? Like, yes. Okay. No. How how does no, that no,
1: work? No, <laughs> And it looks as though all they need is the is the account number of the credit card. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. When you're doing something for business purposes, which is not you're not supposed to do. (laughs) Don't run too many transactions. So, for example, Mm -hmm. if if you go away and get a friend to test paying off some of your credit card and it all looks nice and protected in terms of what information is released. Don't have everyone pay like that, because the card company will, you know, if you get more, maybe more than half a dozen of a third party paying money off your debit, off your credit card,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's the sort of thing that can raise, raise flags. Yeah, that could be a red flag, red flag. option and say, all right, I'll ask this guy to do that, because I haven't done one for a couple of weeks. You know, spread, right. key safety point, spread things out. Spread things out. That, that also goes
0: for any kind of deposits too so if um if there's any sex burgers listening that are wondering about like if I want to maybe build credit or, or also like you know purchase something like a house or a car having um dispersed payments like deposits going into your account shows a good pattern so that's also something to keep in mind as well <laughs> just a thought of that right now but uh,
1: good people using Amazon gift cards mm-hmm Oh yeah, life exactly. cards. Yeah. Um, you can buy gold and silver bullion on Amazon. Can you? Yes, I Googled it <laughs> just yet. I've got Amazon sells gold bullion.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. I had no idea. <laughs>
1: and it and it does. However, a little pro tip, unless you can afford to buy ten grams or half an ounce, you end up paying an awful lot of the price for the joy of somebody having turned the gold into bullion wrong mm. the value of the gold in the bullion. I see. Gold I'm bullion see. is brilliant, but you really, yeah, I, I would view, you really want to be buying it in, in, in one ounce and upwards. <laughs> uh, you definitely don't want to buy it being smaller, smaller than that. There we but go. But you're a busy person with lots of customers, it doesn't take too many gift cards to start buying gold. <laughs> okay, let's... Uh, there's a, a new one on the book called Cash to Code. Okay, never heard of this one yet. Uh, now I've spoken with them because they turned up on Xbiz. Mm-hmm. They're very happy with Adult, but I haven't looked further than that because until they create a WordPress plugin, in terms of people using it in shops, online shops, I I'm not bothering about it. But Cash to Code is something to keep an eye on. All the cash apps are burnables. End of.
0: There we go. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Let's steer the conversation over and like, thank you so much for that review on different types of payments that are kind of safe. Um, these are all new ones that I did not discuss on the, uh, last episode, which is episode 68, I believe. So, uh, thank you for the insight on that. So I really, really appreciate it. Um, but I do want to move the conversation in towards, um, why sex workers are moving over to cryptocurrency. What are the pros and cons? Um, what are some great platforms that are out there right now? And how do you get started? So feel free to take the lead on this one, Paul.
1: Right. The good news is that to get started, you don't have to buy any crypto.
0: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You just have to set up so that people can send it to you. Yes, exactly. Crypto and going to the moon and Bitcoin rising and I am not interested in any of that. <laughs>
0: That's okay. There's a lot of podcasts and great Reddit threads that y- y'all
1: can read <laughs> on that. Yeah. It's another so topic. I'm in crypto, actually being used for buying and selling stuff and as an actual currency. Yes. Yes. Um, and if you want to be paid in crypto, the only thing you need is an empty wallet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and crypto wallets have their own special address mm-hmm. and to get paid in crypto. You just say to somebody, "This is my address. Send me the agreed amount of money." Yes, and they do. Yeah. Uh, now, the advantages from your point of view are: you get the money very quickly. It will, it will, it will pretend it's there almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, it will probably only, definitely confirmed be there between a few minutes and a few hours later it depends on the network oh. but you are not waiting for some platform to deign to send you some money through a banking system right right so it's not like
0: paypal it's not like venmo or anything like that
1: um nobody can request a refund well they can then it's up to you to decide whether you're not you think they deserve it
0: oh that's a huge thing because chargebacks and refunds are a huge huge scam i would say that affect all of
1: this that's the thing if you've got those bitcoins in your wallet that's your decision
0: Mm. so that's a huge draw for sure because i know a lot of people are probably wondering why has there been such a surge in in a lot of the adult industry accepting bitcoin because i know that um my free cams offers um the like a you can accept bitcoin as a tip same with Pornhub, hub uh fancentro and many events which are all big 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 adult platforms so yeah i hate to interrupt you but yeah feel free to continue on with the pros the pros and the cons of of crypto right. now, one of
1: the when we talk about crypto for the purpose of this conversation we're talking about bitcoin okay um There are lots of others out there. There's only half a dozen that matter. Yes. Uh, In terms of what people have actually got and what you've got shopping, what shopping carts can handle, Mm -hmm. we're basically talking Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. Now, with Bitcoin, you do not need anybody to process your payment. Huge plus. So, somebody comes along onto you know you've got it set up on your shop. They they go through the checkout. The checkout with Bitcoin, and it can go directly to your wallet. Mm-hmm. Now, in practice, often it won't. In oh. practice, you aren't actually often going to opt to use a third-party service. But the the principle is there, and there's a system called BTC Pay Surfer. Okay, what the is guy that? Guy has folded it up. So effectively, you can run the software that makes you your own bank. Oh. We are banning Bitcoin, and you want to keep taking it, you can. Mm -hmm. Mm Mhm. It costs seven pound a month to run it on some hosting, Mm -hmm. which I is a company in your neck of the woods. Yeah. They're called Mode.
0: Right. Yes.
1: Um. Anyway, I do not recommend, I did it, I made it work. I do not recommend it for anybody. Okay. Because you actually have to run the entire server. and not like a web administration kind of person, mm. but the actual techie guy who keeps the whole thing running. Oh. Uh, and my experimental server fell over, not because there was any problem with the BTC pay software, but because I had to update some other software on my server and I, I messed it up. Oh, gosh,
0: you know? this sounds complicated for so, that part.
1: <laughs> it is. So yeah. the nice thing is it is there. It is getting better all the time. Mm-hmm. And if push comes to shove, it can be there. One BTC pay server can support hundreds of shops. Wow. So if we get to that stage, there will be people setting these up in nice, quiet jurisdictions on small privacy-conscious islands. <laughs> <laughs> So whatever else happens, if people are willing to pay us in Bitcoin, we can always get paid in Bitcoin.
0: Absolutely. And you, men- you mentioned something really interesting there. So basically, when you're talking about the server that can be created, I'm already seeing like a lot of new platforms being created. And I'm seeing like a lot of adult industry related ones. And I think because, as you mentioned with like the pros, You know, there's no, uh, no chargebacks. Um, Fees are really relatively low. I've seen like rates of like 0.5% for like fees. There's no transfer charges for large international payments. Um, For the most part, it's like pretty anonymous as well. So these are all like great things why people want to do that. But I'm also seeing like a lot of these platforms being created, but I'm not sure if all of them are really legitimate. Can you speak a little bit about that?
1: (laughs) we have seen one, specifically other industry platform, which I think is properly done. Mm-hmm. And that's Spank
0: Yes, I've also heard of Spank Payne. That's the only one that looks legitimate.
1: America, and you want to keep yourself anonymous, I wouldn't use them. Oh. Spank can process for people all over the world. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you want your money, if you are not an American, they have to complete American tax forms for you.
0: Oh, it's because it's based in America? Is that why?
1: That's because they're based in America. They're operating under American rules and the American rules require them to collect information from their foreign customers and supply it to the American government. Oh, interesting. If the American government decides to link that with their border controls, mm. I see I see where we're coming from. So I think if I was in America, I would be pretty gung-ho on Spank pay. Right. As for people who aren't in America, I'm less so.
0: Yes, yes, you make a good that's a really, really good point too. It depends on where it's based out of. so, that's really interesting. I mean, as I said earlier, there's a lot of American listeners that are uh, listening to the show too that might be interested in this. So, SpankPay Pay is probably.
1: Yeah, if you're a US person, you definitely want to be checking out SpankPay. Pay. I I don't know what their position is with regard to US tax authorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably have to do reporting, but. Every financial institution is probably doing the same reporting. So that's not something you can avoid if you're in America. But for us who aren't, you really don't want to get into the American IRS system. Yeah. I had investments in a company that got bought out by an American company and was then sold. So, ching, nice gains. Yeah. But I, IRS writing to me for the best part of the next 10 years. Ooh.
0: No, thank you. <laughs> you
1: know, they do not take fuck off.
0: No. For a <laughs> up. Doesn't exactly
1: work that way, Paul. <laughs> so, yes, bank pay. Uh, there's a couple of, I, I use, in the, in the shops, I'm using Blockonomics. Okay, yeah. Uh, they charge 1%, but mm-hmm. they're wallet to wallet. So, this is good. Because on a wallet-to-wallet system, mm-hmm. the money goes from the customer's wallet to your wallet. Directly. It doesn't ever land in a third-party bank account. Right. right. Which means they don't have to collect financial services regulation information. Oh, so that completely bypasses that. They don't know anything about you. Interesting. Well, they know your email address. I think. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, 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 they're not reporting to people. So yeah. you have to, you have to be aware of where people are and the rules that they operate under. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, yeah, crypto. You know, if it's if it's a personal client, you give them the number and they can do the transfer there and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell, you know, right? Is it good for clients? Yes, it is mm. because, because there's nothing in their bank account. Thinking of married clients, for example. Right. Yeah. That discreetness. Uh, what's this oh this is i'm I'm investing in crypto my dear (laughs) it's a good excuse
0: (laughs) it's a a good alibi
1: i'm afraid it's all gone terrible timing
0: (laughs) (laughs) so it is good for both sides of um the coin here so both for providers both for clients
1: the the irritant is that crypto transactions have fees attached
0: Okay, um, tell us about that.
1: Well, they they go up and down in mm. a gloriously unpredictable fashion. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> uh, uh, no, you know, the, the fees for a Bitcoin transfer have varied from sixty dollars down to a couple of dollars. Ooh, ouch! Um, we're fairly low, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Now, the fee basically it doesn't matter how much money you're sending. It does depend how fast you want it to go through, but most systems are geared up to like go for the sort of the standard. People who want to play around with their settings and are willing to wait a few days to get the money can get fees lower. And if you say I want it in ten minutes and you know at any cost, mm-hmm. expect pay hey, any cost. Oh um, wow! But uh, there's graphs you can use to find out you know the current transaction costs in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Mm-hmm. but if you think, so if you think in terms of it's going to cost two or three dollars you'll see that for things like selling videos online right not really there yet oh. uh, there are there are developments going on to try and get that down with Bitcoin there's a thing called the lightning network okay uh, which all the people who are involved with it think is absolutely wonderful Um hmm. uh, but it hasn't yet got wide enough adoption. So, for example, Blockonomics,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a brilliant wallet to wallet for shops, mm-hmm. doesn't yet support Lightning Network. Um. Transactions that take place inside Lightning Network cost a few cents. Oh wow! You know, they they really are cheap. Yeah, super cheap. So, for the moment, crypto is great provided your customers are addicted to you and yes paying the fees because it's always the sender who pays the fees
0: the sender okay gotcha
1: you're dealing you're, you're, you're the transactions are of a level where you know the fees don't really matter too much mm-hmm. yes the sender always pays the fees but mm-hmm. what catches people out is that when you move money from one wallet to another wallet that is a send.
0: Mm-hmm. okay
1: now again You've got to get your crypto turned into cash at some point.
0: Yeah. How? I was going to ask <laughs> that in us.
1: It is that don't let us be adult? Oh. Okay. If you're in Europe or the UK, SpectroCoin mm-hmm. is what you need. Okay. SpectroCoin.
0: And that's different than uh, Bitcoin?
1: Uh, that's the name of the company.
0: Oh, the company. Okay. Gotcha.
1: What, they're a financial services company. And what they will do is they will create, they, you, you have an account with them, mm-hmm. which will be in, say, pounds or euros. You link that to your bank account so you can send money up or bring money back. Right. And then they've got all the various crypto wallets on their system. okay. So, and when I asked them specifically about this, which was now three four years ago, they were fine with adults. Their only requirement was that you were following the law where you are based.
0: Yeah, whatever your jurisdiction
1: it's, is. Escorting is legal across almost all of Europe. Hmm. Not, but most of it. Right. Um, but they are not authorized to operate in America.
0: Oh. So um. Canadian clients. Gotcha. But uh, we must have some kind of American or Canadian equivalent here in North America. I'm sure. Uh, that i don't know
1: of <laughs> to hunt them down but most of the exchanges so let's say that there isn't mm-hmm. uh, and spectral coins quite expensive when you want to convert back into your curve convert your bitcoin into pounds yeah, they're going to hit you with a five percent charge
0: yeah i was going to ask about them like what is the fee
1: for that <laughs> So well, they, have five, they have a flat five percent exchange rate charge Which isn't actually unreasonable, you know. If if you come to Europe and you use your credit card, they're going to hit you with a five or six percent exchange rate. Yeah, so it's it's, so it's not too bad. They're not they're not being bad, but on if you go to the exchange and and at small amounts of money, it doesn't make any difference really. But if you go to the exchanges and do trades on the exchanges, you can you can get that down to one to two percent once you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it's a few hundred pounds, I'm happy with SpectroCoin. It's just nice and straightforward. I don't mind paying the fee. Mm -hmm. If I got to the level where it's a few thousand pounds, you know, saving 3% is real money. Yeah, right. But you can't use your exchange wallet for adult industry transactions.
0: Hmm. You can't. Okay, so then how do you get around that then?
1: You You have your own wallet. Okay. And then when you've got enough money in there, you send that to the wallet on your exchange wallet. Okay. You make your trade. Right. Because in our industry, we have to take the view that there are things in the terms and conditions that we are frankly happy to ignore, mm-hmm. but just don't want to get caught. Hmm. Okay. So trying to use an exchange to make a completely legitimate transaction. So it's just a. It's just a contractual breach for right. which you can be booted off the exchange. Which is not what you want. So it's <laughs> just what you want. No. So and it exchanges, they're all looking at money laundering. They've, they've got to do this under law. Yeah, of course. So, you know, if you if you want if the, if a wallet on an exchange gets loads of small transactions into it, the exchange is gonna think drug dealer yeah cool. and then when they work out you're not a drug dealer oh you're not a drug dealer you're an escort so bye bye anyway yeah you know the exchanges are there for people to trade so they mm-hmm. you know if you if you're dumping a few thousand pounds in now and again that is the kind of behavior they are looking for right so you got to be so, careful none of these organizations whose terms and conditions you are breaching none of them are trying to catch us out Mm -hmm. You know, they have to have their face rubbed in it and be forced to act. Right. Because they're protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. The only one I think which is overly zealous is Facebook. Yeah, yes. PayPal doesn't have a problem with us as such. They started in adult. Mm -hmm. They just don't think it's good for their business. So when companies that don't think we are good for their business notice us, they have to check you out. It's like being drunk in a pub. Yeah. you you drunk as a skunk in a bar. It's when you kick off that you get thrown out. Mm hmm. When you draw attention to yourself. Yeah. So, effectively, when you want to get your Bitcoin into cash, you're going to send it from your personal wallet to your exchange wallet and then maybe exchange. So, you're going to have two sets of charges.
0: Gotcha. And you have to be so, okay with that.
1: Yeah, so in practice, you know, you know, if you start, well, oh, I've got 20 quid in my wallet, I'm going to send it. You say, no, 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 no. You know, <laughs> you've got a few hundred dollars in there. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's let us pull it out now. Right. 50 cents.
0: This is a bigger conversation than I thought. <laughs> this is great, though. This is all, like, really great information for anyone that's wanting to get into crypto as a payment method, as a safer payment method for us because, as I said, you could be pseudo-anonymous with using crypto as a major payment method. Again, no chargebacks, no transfer fees, etc. But it sounds pretty good. I just feel like I'm not well-equipped enough in knowledge (laughs) to take the plunge just yet, but I know that some listeners definitely are
1: interested in investing. So When I finally got Finished off getting my own website set up, which was Bad Butler. Yes. I sorted out to do the crypto, and I was going to do some test transactions Mm -hmm. just to make sure that everything hung together. Yeah, totally. And I was like, those numbers don't make any sense. Mm. Oh, bloody hell. Someone's bought my bundle. (laughs) First transaction, on the very first day that anybody could have got into it, I sold the, my big bundle of shells. <laughs> so, it just turned up. And um, yeah, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. So there are people out there with it. If people want more, there's a lot of articles about this on, on the website if you just go to industry articles. So, yes. you know, then people can see more info.
0: Absolutely. There's tons of articles out there. And also, like, a lot of Reddit threads that are out there. There's a lot of information, podcasts things on youtube that you can read up
1: on com. i've actually got articles about a lot of this stuff specifically for our industry's point of view perfect
0: yeah we'll definitely point people over to your website at the very end of the show absolutely but there are just a couple questions that came in from the audience as well that hopefully we can address i think we've we might have addressed most of it during a conversation since you were so thorough at answering everything, which has been awesome. (laughs) So I know that we answered this earlier, but if there's anything else you wanted to add, you can, but basically this person is asking, what do you need to start trading?
1: To start trading, trading in Bitcoin. Yes. You need to be a complete and utter gambler. Mm. I first tried to get my Bitcoin before the Mt. Gox fiasco. Okay. Blockchain then was about 6 gig, so we're talking 2012-2013, I wanted to play with it. I couldn't because back then you had to have your own wallet had to be a full node, which meant that it had to sync with the blockchain, which, because I was on a slow computer connection, mm. it, so after three days of it failing to sync, I oh, no. uh, killed it. Ah. And I looked, and there was a place called Mt. Gox, which is an exchange, and you could have a wallet on there. And I thought, no, because that doesn't have proper security. Mm-hmm. It could be hacked. And a few months later, they were.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you need to have yeah. like a strong internet connection if you want to be able to be successful in this?
1: You did, then. The point is, if... If you are asking where you need to start trading Bitcoin you do not have the trading background to be doing anything other than taking wild guesses. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people who lose a shed load of money trying to gamble on Bitcoin. The only time I tried to take a big punt was a couple of years ago. Bitcoin had risen to about $20,000 Wow. and I was like no this is bonkers yeah I, I went around trying to get a put option and um, everybody I phoned said yeah no <laughs> because yeah understood that a crash was coming so no they were not going to give me the ability to <laughs> $18,000 something which was only gonna cost me $8,000 to buy in a month's time mm. yeah Trade- you know if if you're used to trading stocks and shares yeah have a, have some put some fun money into crypto if you want to totally but if you don't have that experience please don't it's a whole <laughs> different level of risk
0: yeah it's a huge risk and there are i i don't have any knowledge to provide anyone with that because i don't do that But there are tons of podcasts and resources I can point anyone to. If anyone um, needs some help with that, I have some great resources for that, if need be.
1: (laughs) Yes, there there are plenty of people out there who will tell you how they think you ought to trade Bitcoin. Totally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so back to the question. So cryptocurrency, is it safe? What are the
1: general risks involved? It's very safe in that what is in your wallet... You own that lock, stock, and barrel. Mm-hmm. So you know it can't be taken from you unless, if it's in your wallet, it can't be taken from you unless you are careless. Mm-hmm. If it's in somebody else's wallet, like on an exchange, you are subject to their security. And only a week or two ago, there was an exchange that had what, six hundred million dollars t- stolen? Stolen? What? Oh my gosh! Yes. Wow. But- Gave it all back. That is not normal thief behavior. A number of exchanges have been hacked over the years. And trust me, in most of those cases, it was gone. Wow. That's wild. (laughs) It's like if you've got cash in your wallet, that is your money. If you have an account at the bank, you're reliant on the bank not going tits up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm banks are extremely highly regulated so they tend not to go tits up. <laughs> Exchanges there are some very good ones which I would completely trust. Yeah. There are ones that I would stay a long way from. Mhm. So, so basically if you've got if it's in your wallet it's all good. And you only have to have it somewhere else for the time that it takes to move it into cash. You mm-hmm. know, so if, you're gonna, if you if I'm trading it through Spectrocoin Spectro I send it to Spectrocoin. It's there for half an hour. I turn it into into fiat, and I pull it straight out. So the whole thing's done in one day.
0: That's awesome! I love that. Do
1: not sit with my money. Well, not much of it.
0: I love that. Thank you for that. And I guess the last question here is: What are the best platforms that you can use? I know you mentioned SpankPay. Are there any other ones that you'd recommend?
1: For crypto? Yeah. To be honest, I the best way to handle crypto is to have your own wallet. I'm going to I'm going to name two wallets. I'm going to name one wallet cuz I've forgotten the other. Nah, yes, two of them, right. Exodus. Mm-hmm. Which is a really simple easy to use wallet. Get that on your computer. You can put wallets on phones. I'm not really a phone person, so I don't usually mess around with apps. As you know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Exodus is a really easy to use wallet and the Electrum wallet is a top grade industry standard wallet, but it looks like a piece of software from 1992. Oh my God. <laughs> Does it work? Yes. Does it look pretty? No. So your first wallet, yeah, how, how, you know, Exodus is good. and You keep your money on your wallets. You don't keep it anywhere else. And your money is going to come in direct from customers. What's your wallet address? Bish, bash, bosh, done. From them to you. Or it's going to come in via a shop using Blockonomics mm-hmm. from uh, from the customer's wallet to you. You can take deposits like this.
0: Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Certainly on crypto. Fascinating. I have so much to learn about this. I feel like I, I still need to do more research on this. I'm like, whoa, this conversation is like flying over my head. But this this gives me a good foundation, a good basis. <laughs> it's like, like again, well, like I'm you're constantly you're learning.
1: To prime numbers, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, Paul, it was a pleasure. Before I let you go, where can we find you?
1: Okay, the easiest thing is to follow me on Twitter, which is Paul Jones Air which is just paul jones a-i-r yes um my website is badbutlerxxx.com which is partly my shop where i sell my porn mm-hmm. and also a bunch of industry articles and there's the stuff about the websites that i can build for people yeah which are very brilliant and perfectly priced
0: yes Happy to send some of my listeners out that way. And yes, Paul's website is amazing, like, such a great resource. There's so many articles on there. Your blog is updated pretty regularly. So be sure to peep um, his website out. Give him a follow on Twitter. Lots of great content on there on his Twitter feed as well. So do that and also don't forget to like rate share review and subscribe it is strip by sia and all podcast platforms i am on twitter as well it's strip by sia my instagram is strip by sia as well and then also my personal just sia steph But that's it for this week. Hopefully everyone learned a little bit today about crypto and maybe why you should or shouldn't get on it. It's up to your choice. So I'll leave that there for you to decide. But we'll catch everyone in for another episode next week. Thanks, Paul. You're listening to Strip by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, artwork by Maria Belandirama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Daburn.